Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. We're in a series called The Blessed Life. And this is basically um, how to biblically live the blessed life. Like, what is the blessed life? How does that look? And especially, how does it relate to our finances and our money? And, and uh, the first week, uh, Armin spoke and he gave a, a message about the heart of, of, of giving and, and the heart behind it. And that, you know, we should give out of, out of the heart rather than out of obligation or out of anything. That our heart should be in the right place. And then last week, Pastor Mark gave a, uh, gave a, a fantastic message about redeeming our finances. That the first fruits of our finances redeem the 90%. That 10% that we're called to give, that first 10%, keyword first, redeems the entire 90%. And so we are called to do this, and that's, that's how God has intended us to, to take care of our money and stuff. And so this week, uh, our message is called the, this, Breaking the Spirit of Mammon. And so if you guys will all turn into your Bible to Luke 16, verse 10 to 13. If you don't have your Bibles or your electronic, whatever it, it much, much you call it, uh, you, can, you can read up, up here. So I'll give you guys a moment to turn there. So we'll start with verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least also will, is faithful also in what is much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? Who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant... Now this is this, this, this verse 13 is kind of pivotal, so if you guys can really focus in on this one, and then we'll go into more detail on it later. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so before, before I start talking, I would just like to spend some time and, and pray. And So if everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come and to hear your word, Father. I pray that any words I speak come from you and that you be the center, Father. Let us take away something that we can use to grow closer to you, Father, and to make this world more of how you intended it to be, God. We praise you and we give you all the glory in your holy name. Amen. All right. So this message, like I said, is called Breaking the Spirit of Mammon. And if you notice that word there, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Maybe in another version you've, you've heard this, and so... What is, uh, what is the spirit of mammon? And I dropped this for a reason because it doesn't fit on the podium. But uh, I know what, what some of you guys are thinking. All of us Filipinos are out here like, I say us Filipinos. I know I don't look it. I'm half Pinoy, but it's okay, guys. You can do whatever. So, so breaking the spirit of mammon, this, this actually, if, if you don't know, this little yellow cake is called mamon. And... and uh, it's, 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 uh, it's something that we eat in, in the Philippines and stuff, so if you've never been there, if you don't know much about it, this is our life. Well, this isn't life, but... <laughs> and so I'm here to encourage you guys, all you Filipinos out there, we can still eat this. It's okay. It's spelled different. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so what is the spirit of mammon? It's obviously not that fantastic little yellow cake that is my button for later, but what is the spirit of mammon? We're going to go into a direct translation of it. If you, if you uh, look into a biblical dictionary or something, the spirit of mammon, and maybe in another translation of the Bible that you've read, if you, read, uh, if you don't read the New King James Version, 
another translation you might have read, this word mammon might have been translated into unholy riches or unrighteous wealth. One of those two. And so on a historical level, what is mammon? Back in, back in, the, in the time of Babylon, they had this god, this, this Syrian god. These Syrians were uh, from Babylon. And so they had this god whose name was mammon. And mammon was a god of riches and a god of wealth, if that makes sense. And so Jesus very intentionally used this word, this, a little backstory to this passage. Jesus is teaching a group, uh, and there's Pharisees around, and there's all sorts of different kinds of people around. And Jesus just finished telling a parable, and then he gives this point that no man can serve two masters. Uh, you, can, you can't serve God and mammon. And so Jesus very intentionally used this word mammon to refer to this, um, this Assyrian god. This Assyrian god of riches. And so mammon is this spirit, basically, that tries to replace God with money. To put it simply, that word mammon is that you can't serve God and mammon because mammon is this spirit that wants to say, you don't need God, all you need is money. And maybe on a, on a more practical level, mammon has unfortunately become a very big part of our culture. Uh... Maybe you've heard the word on a more practical level in a more understandable way. If you look at it like this, um, if you've heard the word materialism, or maybe you've heard this song, We're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Woo! That really kind of sums up this culture that we live in, this materialistic culture that, you know, go out, get the, get the best watch, work till you die, you can sleep when you're dead, get money, money over everything, and, and all that. And that is, that is a good image of what the spirit of mammon is. You look in the media, the media says, buy this, it'll fulfill you, uh, get this new car, it'll make you feel better, you know, uh, Alexis will make you look like a really cool person, but a bad driver, it's okay, whatever. <laughs> and, and the spirit of mammon wants to tell us that money will solve our problems. That any issue in life that comes up, any, any struggle, any whatnot, can be solved by money, can be solved by this little green paper or blue or whatever country. I don't know what countries you guys are from. I don't know what it's like there. Um, but yeah, money uh, will solve all our problems. That's what Mammon tries to say. And what it does is it tries to promise things that only God can fulfill. Does that make sense? Mammon tries to promise things that only God can fulfill. So it tries to say some, of the, some, some stuff like this, like with more money, you would have more influence. That your significance is based off of how much money you have in the bank. That if you don't have any money, you're not worth anything. That's what Mammon tries to tell us. It tries to tell us that if you don't make a certain amount of zeros on your paycheck, you're not worth much. It says that your net worth is based upon what you have in the bank. That's one of the things that Mammon tries to tell us. When in reality... God, our significance is provided by God. Our significance is provided by what, what was said earlier, our identity in Christ. Is that our identity in Christ is what gives us our significance, not the amount of money you have. And so that's one of the lies Mammon tries to say. Mammon tries to promise us that the more money you have, the more successful and fulfilled you'll be. And so we glorify guys like, like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, and they are fantastically successful, and their bank accounts are multi-billion dollars, and we assume that's a fulfilled life. That's a successful life. That guy is successful because he has taken this company and he's built, you know, so much money from it. So Mammon tries to tell us that your fulfillment 
and your success is based on how much money you make. It says that make money, get a good job, get a good degree so that you can get a good job, so that you can make money and then be a doctor and die super rich. So that's, that's another one of the lies. Another lie, it says, uh, if you had more money, you can help more people. This is, that, that, one's, that one's a little tough because, you know, we have this mindset that, oh man, world hunger, if only we just stop funding war and we start funding, you know, stuff to give to world hunger, we could solve that problem. If only I had more money, I would be able to solve all these issues in the world. In reality, we can't. That's impossible. Because without God, these problems aren't going to go away. Another lie that Mammon says is that the more money you have, the less problems you'll have. And I know this is one that I've bought into on more than one occasion is that, you know, ah, I just don't have enough money. If I had more money, I wouldn't have this problem. I could just buy my way out of life. And I I used to tell a joke that like, oh man, when I grow up, I'll just get rich and famous and then I can buy my own friends and stuff. And, it's a, and, and Mammon tries to promise that you won't have problems if you have money. So basically it says that everything in life is solvable by money and not God. Keyword and not God. Um, maybe, maybe we've, I've, I know I've had this mindset and, and one way you can kind of gauge it is if a situation has come up and this has been your thought is that I either need someone to give me a very large sum of money or I need a miracle from God. This spirit of mammon tries to equivocate itself. It tries to make itself equal with God. And so it says that, you know, if you have this money, you don't need that miracle from God. If you have this money, you're not going to need what God can provide for you. Never enough. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right. Mm. And, and, you know, very unfortunately, this idea has also in, infiltrated the church on a certain level. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the prosperity gospel. It was a teaching that was going around, um, that currently is still going around, that, you know, once you give your life to Jesus, all he wants to do is bless you, is that you will be blessed, blessed, blessed with material possessions, is that God wants you to be a millionaire, uh, give your life to Jesus, you'll get a brand new Rolex watch, or, you know, Jesus wants you to drive the best boat because that is how he wants his people to be. He wants them to just be this fantastically rich group of people. And that's a lie because that says that Jesus died for our sins so that in this life we can be rich. That's the spirit of mammon saying that, you know, even Jesus is serving him. The spirit of mammon wants to say that, you know, Jesus died so that you can have this money, so that you can serve me, mammon. When in reality, Jesus died so that we can have relationship with the God who created the whole world, if that makes sense. And even, even in, um, in this church, I, I'm going to, to call out this church because I've been a victim of this myself, is that the spirit of mammon has infiltrated on a certain level. Uh, we'll bring up tithe. Tithe is a, a subject in the church. It's very controversial. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've, uh, you've heard this, that like, you know, give and God will bless you tenfold. And so the motivation behind giving is that, oh man, I'm going to give my 10% because I know God's going to bless me tenfold. Then I'll have so much money. 
But like Armin spoke of uh, on, when, when he preaches that a couple weeks ago is that our heart for giving isn't that God can bless us. It's so that we can give back what God has given to us. It's so that we can have the right heart to give. And that's when, that's when we're living this blessed life. And so Mammon tries to say that, you know, God is here so that you can get me, you can get me, you can have more money. God is here so that you can be blessed. And, the, and, and tithing messages a lot of times are like, give and you'll get, give and you'll get, give and you'll get, give and you'll receive, you know, sow into somebody else because they're going to sow back into you eventually and stuff. And that's, this, that's the spirit of mammon talking. And so if you, if you don't believe that mammon is a spirit, I can prove it to you right now. That sometimes when you want to give your tithe, you're about to go into reach into your wall, you're thinking, oh, man, uh, God, wants, God wants my first fruits. He wants my 10%. I, I need to give that. And then you start hearing these whispers. These voices start saying, hey, hey, you have a bill. Hey, 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 how are you going to pay for lunch? Hey, 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 the church has enough. It's okay. It's okay. You can keep that. Keep that. So Mammon wants to basically say, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't mean to hurt your eardrums. Mammon basically wants to say that you don't need to trust in God with your finances. You simply just need to trust in your finances. Mammon wants to spread this lie that it is more powerful than God, that money is the key to everything. And so that's currently where our culture is at. That's currently, you look, you look in the media, that it, it's all proven. And that's currently what we're doing, what, what we're at now. And so where is it that we're going? God is, God is, you know, we live in this, unfortunately, we live in this fallen world where we're not close to God anymore. We separated ourselves from God. And so God is slowly trying to redeem his people. He's slowly trying to bring us back. And so us as, a, as an entire globe, as a whole world, we're on this slow journey back to God. This, this journey that's taken several thousands of long time. Um, we're on this journey. And so where is it that we're going to as far as this subject of, of the spirit of mammon and of money? Where is it that we're heading to? And so mammon wants to say that uh, Mammon wants us to believe that we need money over everything. But this is the truth. Is that we're going to a place where instead of relying on this spirit of mammon, this unrighteous riches, this, this money, we're relying simply and solely on God for all our needs. That is the direction that we're going in. And so we're all on this path to this much better place. And it's very exciting because money is going to go away someday. Money runs out. There's, there's, there's no purpose in, in loving money and relying on money because money's not going to love you back. It's just going to go away. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not even alive. It, it can't feel things. But relying on God for all your needs, that is something that will never fail. That is something that will never fail you. And it's very exciting is that we get to have this opportunity to rely on God to trust in him, to be how we were created to be, how he designed us to be. So how do we get there? How do we get to this place that we're going to? How, what, are, what are some of the steps that we can take? Well, God basically outlines in the Bible how we should be using our money very clearly and very easily. And that's basically just to steward the money that he's given you. Now, I'm going to look at this word steward. Uh, in the dictionary, to look at steward, it means um, 
to manage or to look after some, someone else's property. And now the Bible uses this word uh, a few times. Jesus uses this word in his teaching sometimes in that this word steward means that, implies that all the money that we have comes from God. That it doesn't come from our, it, it's a blessing that from God. And we are just called to steward this that he's given us. And we're called to take care of this, 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 uh, this unrighteous wealth that, that God has allowed to come our way. And so I can guess what some of you guys are thinking, because I'm pretty smart. I know. I work with, uh, I work with college students. Um, there's, there's jokes going around that, oh man, if you cut spam into your ramen, you're living that social life. You're living that like fancy life, man. You're doing well. And so I know what some of you guys are thinking, simply because I, I, I thought this myself. Is that I simply don't have enough of this money, I don't, I don't have enough that it would matter to me to steward it or not. And very unfortunately, if that's the mindset that you have, then you never will have enough money. Is that that's the spirit of mammon that's coming in and saying, hey, guess what? You need a certain amount. You need X amount to be able to do something for God. And so... If we look back, if, if you guys can turn back into Luke 16, 10. Jesus directly addresses this. He says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. If you can handle giving, giving your first fruits, giving your tithe, that Pastor Mark, redeeming your first fruits with your minimum wage paying job, how much more will you be able to handle and to righteously be able to be faithful with a big, bigger paying job. And it's not, it's not because we want, we're not being faithful because we want a better job and because God's going to bless us. We're being faithful simply because that's what God is asking us to do with our money. We're being faithful simply because, like Armin spoke of, it's the heart that we are taking care of what God has blessed us with. And unfortunately, on the inverse side of that is that it says, he who is unjust with what is little will also be unjust with what is much. Is that if you can't, if you can be faithful with what's little, you can be trusted and you can be faithful with a lot. But on the other side, if you can't be faithful with something small, how can you be expected to be faithful with something large? So how do, we, how do we be good stewards? How do we be good stewards of this money that God has given us? We, we, we've understood that the answer to the spirit, to how to break the spirit of mammon, how to take the spirit of mammon out, is to be a good steward, uh, just so we're all on the same page. And so how is it that we're called to be good stewards with this money that God has given us? And it's what Pastor Mark talked about last week, is that with this, this 90% that we live on, the first, well, with 100%, the first 10% needs to go to redeem that 90%. Like he said, he, he said last week that all the, if you don't redeem that money, it's cursed. And that's not taking care of your money. That's not being a good steward of your money. That's not being a good steward of somebody else's money. If, Jesus, if, if, if God has given this to you and sent it your way, 
It's not responsible to not redeem what he has given you. To not take what he has given you and do the purpose that he has given it to you for. If that makes sense. If you trust God with the little he gives you, then you are going to trust God with the much that he's going to give you. If, um, if you guys can turn to Luke 16, 11, the next, pretty much the next verse. I guess you guys don't have to turn if you say there. Luke 16, 11, 11 and 12, it says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful with the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? If you can't be faithful with the limited that you have, I, um, maybe you're a, a high school student in here. I know you guys doze off during this, so I'm going to call you guys out now. Maybe if you're a high school student, you get maybe an allowance or you work at McDonald's or something. I don't know. Which, I don't know. Um, if you can't be faithful to give what limited that you receive, once you do get a full job, it's, it's not going to be any easier. You're not going to be able to learn to be faithful. If, you, if you're at a, at a point in your life when you're not making as much as the average person, if you're not going to be able to be faithful with what you are making, you won't be able to be faithful with what is, you know, considered, I guess, in quotation marks, a, 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 a larger number. How can you be trusted with true riches if you're not even faithful with what has been given to you? And not only that, this, this verse emphasizes the fact that this isn't ours. If you can't be faithful in what is another man's, if, if you can't be faithful in what is God's, how much more can you be faithful with something that's your own? How can you be trusted with true riches if you can't be trusted with what God has given you? Not that God isn't giving you true riches. It's that at one point we will receive true riches. Like I said, we're on this journey to be back to how we were originally created. How can, we be hand, how can we handle that true riches that we are created to be in if we can't handle the unrighteous mammon that we have now? And so why is this so important to God? Why is, why is it so emphasized? The reason is that this subject directly relates to the first commandment in the Bible. If you guys remember, Moses went up onto the mountain and then he came down with ten commandments that basically sum up the law of God. And so if you, if, if you have Luke 16, 13, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. But the first commandment in Exodus, Exodus uh, 22 to 3, it says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. That is the first commandment. The first commandment is that I am God, I'm in charge, I am number one. And what the spirit of mammon tries to do is it tries to come and it tries to take that place. It tries to say that, you know, God is number one, but you also need money. Money is really important too. So that you should serve God, but you should also make money. And mammon tries to say, you don't need God when you have enough money. Your money can solve your problems. And it tries to replace this. It tries to violate the first commandment. 
And how many of you know the first thing that you learn is probably something pretty important? If it's number one, it's probably pretty important. So this being the first commandment, probably something we should listen to. Yeah, yeah, you guys with me on that one? Yeah? This being the first commandment, it is pivotal. It's so important that God is the number one. Because once we put money as our number one, once money becomes the issue, once we start saying, oh man, I need more money, I need this, 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 blah, 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 blah. Then we start taking God off of that number one place. And that's when we start wandering away from this blessed life that he's intended us to live. That's this, this blessed life isn't a life where we don't have to worry about financial issues. It's not a life where we have to say, oh, hey, I'm making so much money. I can drive a different car every day and stuff like that. This blessed life is living a life how God has intended us to be. Living a life how God has created us to be. How we, how we were originally designed to be. That is what this blessed life is. And so money wants to say that the blessed life, mammon wants to say that the blessed life is having money. And having good finances and having all this, this, and this. But in reality, the truth is that this blessed life is us living how we were intended to live. Us living how we were created to live. Designed to live. So mammon wants to be, mammon wants to be God. Mammon wants to take God's place. But we need, as, as a people... We need to put God first. We need to put God first. If Mammon wants to say that you can't trust God with that 10% you're giving. But God says, trust me in this, that I will take care of you, that your needs, I will fulfill them. That the issues that you have, I've got it. We were originally designed when we were in the garden to simply live off of what God had created around us. Our everything inside of us is created to simply trust in him. To trust in him for all our needs. That when that hospital bill comes up, it's not, oh man, I need more money to pay this. It's, oh man, I immediately need God to do something so that I can take care of this. Because God has my back. It's that when you're worrying about next semester's tuition, it's not, oh man, I need to get a job or I need to, I need to worry about this. I need to get a loan. It's, I need God to come through. When, when uh, you crash your car or something, something sad or, or bad happens, it's not, oh, I immediately need, God, I, I need money to do this. It's that I need God to help me through this situation. It's that once the storms come in life, that once these things that say, hey, you need money for this come, it's that our immediate reaction is that, no, I'm going to rely on the God who has the power over the entire universe. So in everything we do, everything we do, this applies to money. Uh, the subject that we're talking about is money, but it applies to everything else in life as well. Is that God needs to be first. Is that this first commandment that you shall love the Lord your God and have no other gods before me. That needs to be our number one. So I'd, I'd like to invite the pianist if you, if you if you can come up and oh man we're on the same page here whoo <laughs> God gives us this opportunity to trust in Him and it's better that way it's better to be how you were designed it's better to be how we were created to be 
And so maybe you're in here. We're going we're gonna to spend some time and we're going to pray. Maybe you're in here and, and, and this is an issue for you, that this, this issue of trusting money over God is an issue. I know it was an issue for me for a while. And, and it's, it's simply something difficult, is that we have to break the spirit of mammon. The reason this, this uh, message is called Breaking the Spirit of Mammon is simply because the spirit of mammon has come in and tried to say, I am in charge. So we need to break this spirit. We need to say, no, you are not in charge. God is in charge. And so I would like, if, if, there's, if there's any of you guys here that this is an issue, I'd just like to, I'd just like to spend some time and pray for you guys. Um, you, don't have to, you don't have to say who. We're going to kind of just give a general prayer. But if everyone can bow your heads and close your eyes, we're just going to ask God that he comes through and he remains number one, that he breaks the spirit of mammon. So God, right now, Father, we just ask that you be number one. We ask that you be first, Father. We ask that we not rely on the money that we've been given, Father. We repent of trusting in this spirit of mammon that says that money can solve our problems, God. And we ask that as we learn to trust in you, Father, you will continue to show yourself faithful. God, teach us how to trust in you. Teach us how to be how you intended us to be. Teach us that we need to trust in you, Father. Father, let our finances not be our number one, God. Let the money that we make not be what defines us, Father. Let us be so confident in our identity in you that we simply trust in you for everything that we need, God. God, give us practical ways that we can step out in faith and trust in you in this area. God, give us practical ways that as we, as we leave, that you will help us continue to break this spirit of mammon, Father. God, we thank you so much for everything that you do, you've done and everything you continue to do for us. In your holy name, Father, amen.